Each one here tonight, I need to pass some information on to you. You know about my sister, Barbara Weathers. She's in the hospital in St. Louis. Things are not going good at all. And talked briefly with her this afternoon, and things don't look good at all. She's an unfaithful child of God, which I'm sorry to say. But that happened by marrying someone who was not a member of the church, never will be. When I've talked with him and tried to reason with him, he told me the Bible was nothing but a book written by a bunch of men. didn't mean anything. And so that's the kind of situation I have. I have another sister that was recently restored, and her husband was baptized, and they're very faithful. They'll be here tomorrow. We're having a family reunion this weekend, and I'm looking forward to seeing them because I haven't seen Bob since he was baptized, and I'm looking forward to seeing him. Uh, I've held meetings up where they live in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and uh, a lot of good people up there, and a lot of good people have helped them and got them back faithful, and him, him being baptized now. We're very thankful for that. So <clears throat> good things do happen. Things get rough sometimes, but good things do happen. I want us to think for a few minutes tonight about something that the Bible reveals to us. If you have a good concordance, and you take your concordance and you start looking at words found in the Bible, it's amazing. Joe can tell you he does that, Ron does that, and Bobby does that. I, it's just amazing to have a good concordance and use that to help you when it comes to studying the Bible. And that's what I've done with this little lesson outline you have tonight. There's some typos on it. I, I had not realized I didn't go back and check it before I gave it to Kathy to run off, so it has some typos, but I think we'll be able to work through it. Notice here on the outline, the Bible teaches that God is righteous and that he loves righteousness. Makes sense, doesn't it? For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. That's Psalm 11 and verse 7. God is righteous. And if we're going to be pleasing to God, we must be righteous. And that's something we learn how to from God's instruction. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10. Something is revealed to us here that makes it very clear. Look at verse 34 in Acts 10. <clears throat> then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Well, that becomes very clear right there how to be acceptable to God. If you're going to be acceptable to God, you must work righteousness. And so he gives us something there that helps us understand he's a righteous God, 
and we must be righteous if we're going to please him. Now, <clears throat> notice on your outline there at B1, one works righteousness by obeying God's commandments. You have there Psalm 119, verse 172, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. So if we're going to work righteousness, we must obey the commandments of God since they are righteous. And that's how we know about righteousness. And so God leads us in righteousness when we live in obedience to his commands. Look there on your outline, Psalm 5, verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way, my, thy way straight before my face. Psalm 5, verse 8. God has given us his word, his inspired word, to teach us righteousness. We learn that God is righteous. We already noted it. And we learn if we're going to please God, we must do righteousness. And since God's commandments are righteous, then we must work righteousness by obeying God. <clears throat> at D there, God blesses those who do righteousness at all times. Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Psalm 106 and verse 3. So doing righteousness at all times is what the Christian must do in order to please God. Then the verse there, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 5 verse 6. You ever been hungry? When you get hungry, you want something to eat, don't you? And that's exactly what is being taught here. Those who th hunger and thirst after righteousness, what do they do? They seek righteousness. They study God's Word. They want to learn how to be acceptable to God. And that's what He's given us His Word for. So righteousness is very definitely a command of God. And if we're going to be pleasing to God, we must work righteousness. We must do what he teaches us to do to become a Christian. We must do what he teaches us to do and live in the Christian life. All of this is involved in being acceptable to God. Now, there at uh, section 1, those who would have a home in heaven must be righteous. I put righteousness, but I meant to put righteous, and I had righteousness on my mind, so it just went on out there a little bit. <laughs> but Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness... And speaketh the truth in his heart. Psalm 15, 1 and 2. Who's going to be able to live with you in heaven, God? Those who work righteousness. Those who live in obedience to him. Those who do his will. 
You can't go to heaven without doing the will of God. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23, make that just as plain as it can be. That if you do not do God's will, you will not be able to live with God in heaven. And so these things are made plain to us, and the wonderful word is given to us. Now, again there, at 1B, the Lord loves the righteous. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth righteousness. Psalm 15, verse 9. It's amazing when you begin to look at this, how many verses in the Bible deal with the matter of righteousness and our being right with God. And it is so necessary if we're going to live with God in heaven. So see there, uh, 1C, righteousness is the only way to find life. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness, and honor. Proverbs 21, 21. Just so many scriptures like this that help us see and understand the need to be righteous before God. And to be in obedience to do that, we must be in obedience to his commands. Notice there at C1, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Romans 8 verse 20. So over and over again, the Bible emphasizes this need for righteousness. And if we're going to be pleasing to God, that very much, very, must very much be a part of it. So only those who become servants of God can be righteous. Now, notice there, the Bible is plain on this. The servants of sin will die. Romans 6 and verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Over and over again. Comes out the same. If you're going to be righteous, you must obey the commandments of God. You must do what he teaches you to do to become a Christian. You know, unfortunately, as uh, Preston was preaching the other day, we have people in the Lord's church now teaching, you don't have to be baptized. Baptism is not necessary to salvation. Folks, that's false doctrine. That is totally false doctrine. And souls are being led astray by listening to that kind of stuff instead of going to the Bible to check it and see for ourselves what it teaches. That's most important today. We can, I told you many times here, don't listen to me, but listen to God's Word. Study it. Learn what it teaches. Live by it. It's the only way you're going to get to heaven. It's to study it and live by it. So servants of sin will die. And when we do not do God's will, when we do not obey Him, we become a servant of sin. And that leads to death. And so there, to be the servants of sin cannot be righteous. For when you were the servants of sin... You were free from righteousness. Romans 6 and verse 20. You were free from righteousness because you were a servant of sin. 
and until one turns from sin. Uh, we recently got a request, and we, Kathy can tell you, we get lots. We got a request from a lady about her situation. So sad. I don't know how many times she'd been married. She had children on several occasions that were what would be considered illegitimate children. She's in a marriage now and a preacher in the Lord's church told her that when she was baptized all sin was washed away and she could continue in the marriage she's in. And folks, that's false doctrine too. It's just not true. The Bible only gives one reason for divorce and that reason is adultery. Matthew 19, verse 9. So we went back and just gave her what the Scripture teaches. I don't know what the outcome will be. Has she come back, Kathy? Yeah. I, our job, when, when a situation like that, we've got to present what the Bible teaches. Now, what that person does with it, that's, that's them. But our responsibility here, and that's always been our responsibility, is to teach that which is true, that which is right. And we don't want anything to go forth from this congregation that's not right. So if we stay with the Word of God, it cannot be anything but right. And so that's very important that we do that. Uh, but uh, numbers that uh, two two C there, but God be thanked that you were. Notice that's past tense. You were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Romans 6 and verse 18. What people need to understand, in order to come to Christ, sin must be repented of. And when one repents of sin, that means stop doing it. Don't do that anymore. And when that's a person is believes in Christ, repents of their sins, and is baptized for remission of sins, they become then the servant of righteousness. Because they come out of sin. Their, their past sins are washed away. But that sin must be repented of and must get out of it. And so that's why when a person is in unscriptural marriage... They're going to lose their soul unless they repent, that is, get out of that marriage and do what's right. Some people are going to have to remain single to go to heaven. And that can be a very difficult situation, especially difficult where children are involved. But I've known people in time past who separated because their marriage was unscriptural, still remain friends and still took care of children it can be done if people are dedicated to doing the will of God so then God be thanked that you were you've come out of it you're no longer the servants of sin you've obeyed the gospel you have been baptized for remission of sins and you're now to be a servant of righteousness in Romans 6 and verse 18 
Notice there at D, righteousness leads to eternal life. But now being made free from sin and become servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Romans 6 and verse 22. That's the end result of righteous living. Is an eternal home with God in heaven. God planned for mankind to be able to live with him in heaven. That's why Christ came to this earth. Why he suffered the life that he went through here and suffered the death that he did so that people could have forgiveness of sins and be able to go home to live with God in heaven. And so that's exactly what he's setting forth. Being now, being made free from sin and become servants of God. You have your fruit unto holiness. And turn with me just a minute to, to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. The Bible is so plain on its teaching, there's just no excuse for people to not understand. In 1 Peter, look at chapter 1. <clears throat> Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect righteous people are God's elect. They're members of his church. So elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again now watch the wording here unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Just as sure as Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead, we will be resurrected. And he's going to tell us about that. Verse 4, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Who is it reserved for? Verse 5, For you who are kept by the power of God, through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with, with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory, when? At the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Watch, watch the wording. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that it should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves 
But unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them which the Holy Ghost set down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of the, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now watch. As obedient children, that's what we must be in order to be righteous, as obedient children. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust of you, in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That word conversation means a matter of life. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who, cannot, who without respect to persons judgeth according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your feigned conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and, and all the glory of man as the flower of glass. The grass wither, the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Boy, that's a beautiful chapter. Live in holiness. Live in righteousness. That's necessary if one wants to go live with God, with God in heaven. <clears throat> so righteousness leads to eternal life. Romans 6 and verse 22. Now, servants of God must live a righteous life. Christ paid the penalty for our sins so we could be righteous, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Verse 1 Peter 2, 24. Doing righteousness makes one like Christ. Little children... Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. First John 3, verse 7. So, doing righteousness makes one like Christ. And that's what we must become like if we're going to live with him in heaven. Okay, top of the second page. The righteous must fight the good fight of faith. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 11. Here's how you're to walk. Here's what you need to do. Follow after righteousness. And we know already that righteousness is obedience to the commands of God. Now, how does one obtain righteousness? 
by belief for faith. For with the heart man believeth unto what? Righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10.10. That's a verse that we're all familiar with and been teaching for years. And we then have to believe or have faith in God and in His Word and in Christ and uh, uh, be there by learning it. With my soul I desired thee, yea, with my spirit within me, will I seek thee early. For thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will, and that's supposed to be learned there, will learn righteousness. That's Isaiah 26 and verse 9. The only way the inhabitants of the world are going to learn righteousness is through the Word of God. And again, that gets back to this fact that we must continue to study. We must continue to go to the Word and give time and thought to it if we're going to become righteousness. And then, here's at C there, by submitting to God's righteousness. That's Romans 10, verse 3 there. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now, Romans 10, that's where Paul talks about Israel. And he's lamenting the fact that they're lost. They are not doing righteousness. They're trying to establish their own righteousness. And folks, there's a lot of people in this world today still doing the same thing. We cannot determine righteousness without God. We need His Word. Since His Word is true, since His Word is righteous, since He's righteous, we must have what He teaches in order to have righteousness. So there, at 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, what you have there, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, that the word simply means teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in what? Instruction in righteousness. That's what God's given his word for. That the, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. So then, God's word again comes to, to the fore. We've got to study it. We've got to spend time with it. We've got to come to a knowledge of it. We've got to follow it if we're going to be acceptable to God. Because, as Acts 10, 34 and 35 told us, only those who work righteousness are acceptable to God. So that's what we must do if we're going to be acceptable. Now, we need to realize the importance of this and spend time with it. Continue working to become knowledgeable. Ron?
to fulfill all righteousness. Yep, That's, that emphasizes it, doesn't it? If Christ had to fulfill all righteousness, and he did, then you and I have to fulfill all righteousness. By living in obedience to God, by doing his will, and one must obey the gospel then and live the Christian life if he's going to go live with God in heaven. Now, <clears throat> Romans six eighteen. Go back to Romans six. It's a it's a great chapter. In Romans six, when he says, "What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? To work righteousness, one must become dead to sin." The only way to become dead to sin is by being baptized into Christ for remission of sins and then to live the Christian life. In verse 3 he says, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in what? Newness of life work righteousness obey God do what he teaches to become a Christian and live the Christian life <clears throat> verse 7 says for he that is dead is freed from sin now if we be dead with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more death hath no more dominion over him for in that he died he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of, un of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin, because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked. What's that? But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then, when were you made free from sin? When you obeyed. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit then, what fruit have ye then in those things whereof you are now shamed? For the end of those things is death. But being made free from sin, ye became servants to God. Ye have the fruit unto 
holiness and the end everlasting life. The fruit unto holiness, the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I don't think we'll ever fully appreciate what God has done for us through Christ. We need to understand that he gave him because of his love for us. And we need to appreciate that love and let that love motivate us to do the will of God, obey the gospel, live the Christian life. It's the only way to get to heaven. Now, I want to give you something you don't have on your outline there. Go to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, let's start with verse uh, 13 but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep those who have died that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope some people have died without hope why do they not have hope? Because they never did do righteousness. They never did obey the gospel. They never did become a Christian. They didn't live the Christian life. But those who die in Christ, those who work righteousness, have hope in death. They know they're going to be resurrected. He says in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then which we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So we need to appreciate the fact that the wicked cannot go live with God in heaven unless... They repent, turn to God, and do His will. That's the only way that they can be right with God. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, verse 32, The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous hath hope in his death. The righteous has hope in his death. So we need to be aware of the fact that God's Word is there. All we have to do is study, learn what it teaches, and live by it. And we can go to heaven. But if we reject it, John 12, verse 48 tells us that Word is going to judge us in that day when we stand before it. Ron, does everybody come up? Okay. Well, 
a song has been selected and we would always encourage people to come to Christ if there's one here and not in Christ you need to come to him tonight but you've got to come believing in Christ as the son of God and you've got to come with a willingness to repent and as we said, repent means turning away from that which is wrong, refusing to do it anymore. And you make your confession of your belief in Christ, then you can be baptized into Christ for the remission of sins and live the righteous, godly life, the holy life, and look forward to living with God in heaven. So tonight, if you never obeyed the gospel, we'd encourage you to do that. But if you've done that and straight away and need to come home to Christ, that opportunity is always there. When we come together, the invitation is always extended and one who needs to come to Christ can do so or one who needs to come to repent and ask forgiveness for having done things that are publicly down trying to the, to the cause of Christ and one can come and ask and God's forgiveness, repenting and asking for God's forgiveness. And we can pray with them and for them for that. So if you need to come to Christ, come while we stand and while we sing.